Hello and welcome to another edition of Across the States and Alec TV. I'm your host, Beth Fisher, and today joining us from our studio in Washington, D.C. is my good friend and co-worker, a member of the public affairs team here at Alec, is Catherine Mortensen. Catherine, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you so much for hosting the show today, Matthew. I mean, what we want to get into is just the, the record high inflation. So why don't you set it up and I'll introduce Joe Trotter. He is our point man for all things related to energy, which is, I know you're about to explain to us, energy is really driving a lot of this inflation. And then we have Lee Schock, who's our vice president of policy. And Lee's going to help us just kind of make sense of what is going on and how, you know, what kind of good policies we can put in place to, to fight back. But what is going on right now, Matthew? Yeah, so um, the first, the big news that's frightened a lot of consumers, I know, for a lot of people out there who are paying attention, something that caught the eye of a lot of people at the markets was that inflation rose to 8.5% in March. 8.5%. I wasn't even alive the last time it came that high. I know that uh, the Biden administration is trying to spin the inflation rate as Putin's price hike, but prices were climbing well before Putin's war in Ukraine. So, and then going over to you, Joe, What's really causing the inflation we're seeing right now in regards to the economy? So a huge part of the volatility, a huge part of inflation is rising energy costs. You have gasoline costs going through the roof. You have a huge increase in demand for liquid natural, sorry, liquid natural gas as Europe turns to the United States to look for a new supply. You have crunches on in terms of agriculture right now. You were beginning to have a bit of a food shortage as things like cereals and uh, even for future crops, nitrogen, fertilizers, everything. Uh, there's, there's just a crunch on the markets due to what's going on internationally, as well as uh, just poor policies energy-wise in the United States that have led to this. Gas prices have been increasing now uh, basically ever since Biden came into office and it is really, really taxing on consumers right now. And it's only looking to get worse. Yeah, great points from Joe. And of course, inflation, the story of the day and of the year for Americans, we're all suffering right now, whether we are paying higher prices at the grocery store or the pump or just everyday goods. Um, it's getting tough out there. And Matt, one thing I'll do is I'll take us back to the beginning of the pandemic and how our federal government responded to it. You know, Alec was out front saying that the federal government shouldn't be um, authorizing these hundreds of millions of dollars getting sent to the states, these unemployment benefits that extended well past what should have been their expiration date. And really what we did is at the end of the day, we devalued the dollar. And we've gotten to this point now with record inflation and I think you can look back to all of the federal spending and waste that has led up to this point where we were wanting to enter a recovery coming out of the worst part of the pandemic. And instead, it seems to be prolonged and we're all suffering through these economic conditions. Well, Matthew, if, if you wouldn't mind me asking a question here, one of the things that I thought was interesting today, um, if the first bit of news I heard, of course, was these record high inflation, eight and a half percent in March. But then secondly, I saw that the markets seemed to be up. They were reacting positively to this news. And so the public affairs team here at Alec, that was our first question. 
we said, well, what's going on? How can inflation be horrible? Uh, but the markets are reacting positively. So um, I dug in just a little bit and Lee, feel free to elaborate on this. But it looks like what the markets were reacting to was the um, the core inflation rate. Now, that's a different number that strips out food costs and energy costs, which are the two biggest drivers right now. The core inflation rate was um, lower than the markets had expected. So I think what it's saying is that the markets are thinking things aren't as bad as they could be, or what, what are the markets saying? Yeah, I think a lot of people realize that the true inflation rate is a lot higher than eight and a half percent, which was reported. But for the markets, that may have been good news to just see that eight and a half percent. Right. Yeah. Because I think they might have been expecting something worse. Um, but I mean, certainly it, it is a dichotomy, right? Because those of us like putting gas in our cars, buying groceries, like this is killing us. And I mean, I think some people, Joe, are even talking about working from home, not because of COVID, but because they can't afford gas. I mean, what are some of the policy solutions to address this gas prices? Well, I, like Lee said, the, the core price index was 6.5%. And so where you're seeing the most volatility is in uh, gasoline, energy, agriculture, foodstuffs. And it, that one thing you can do is try to reduce your own demand. And part of that is working from home. Uh, and sort of everything involved in modern society, you're going to have this sort of the same problems because you're just going to increase your own personal expenses on, on that front. But there is uh, driving down demand will eventually lead to decreased prices. But what the states can do, in, in particular with gasoline, the, the largest cost in terms of your pain at the pump when you're getting gas is the cost of crude oil. And we are in, we were in such good shape to take advantage of America's rising energy independence. And that meant accelerating permits, uh, a, a, just reducing regulations to make sure that we can take advantage of our natural resources in a safe way that respects the planet. But as the Biden administration came in, there, there, was this policy shift that was entirely domestically politically driven to reduce our dependence on fossil fuels. And to some that may be a laudable goal, but it is what has been driving these increase in prices. It is what has been driving this increased volatility above the 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 core other core categories in the economy. So basically unleashing America's just energy sector to do what it needs to do to not just help people here, but help our friends overseas. That's what our people in the States can do. Great points, Joe. And I think one thing to just build off of that, we've seen a lot of solutions offered competing proposals. Let's suspend gas tax rates or eliminate them. And that might give some really great temporary relief to Americans. But we have seen a number of states take things further with permanent and meaningful tax reform. So just in the last couple of weeks, we've seen four states transition from a progressive income tax system to a flat income tax system on the personal side. States like Iowa, Georgia, Mississippi and Arizona. And 
By doing so, they're ensuring that more money will be back in taxpayers' pockets over the long term. It's not just going to be temporary relief. And we know based on years of research and data that we've collected at ALEC and the Center for State Fiscal Reform, that personal income tax and those lower rates can really lead to economic growth. Now, I would contrast that with the proposals that are coming out of the Biden administration to raise federal tax rates, including taxes on business income and personal income. On the corporate side, the president is proposing to raise rates higher than those imposed by communist China. Wow. So you can see a stark contrast between what good pro-growth legislators, uh, in many cases who are ALEC members, reforms that they're getting passed at the state level uh, versus what's happening in Washington and what's coming out of the Biden administration and many in Congress. But I think it sends a great message that the best solutions do come from the states and lawmakers uh, and state leaders and all Americans should realize we don't have to wait around for Washington and sort of that gridlock, the smoke and mirrors sometimes that we get. We really can turn to the, the states for solutions. Definitely. And Lee, to go back to what you were saying there about Congress, I know our good friend Jonathan Williams often calls the land of make-believe. I think it relates to this next question. You know, earlier last year, when we first started hearing, feeling the tremors of the incoming inflation wave, the incoming earthquake of inflation, uh, we often heard many in Congress say it was only a transitory inflation, a, a general sugar high of the post-pandemic um, waves, seeing a little bit of a brief spell of inflation. But now we're to a point where it's clear this is not just going to go away overnight. Now, many on the left, we've heard, many on Capitol Hill, as you mentioned, many on Capitol Hill are saying that corporate price gouging is a main cause or the primary driving cause of inflation. Now, ultimately... Both sides are going to pitch their political narratives and whatnot. So what what is this as widespread of an issue, price gouging, as the progressive, as progressives on Capitol Hill are saying? And is it merely a small percentage of a bigger problem? What is the truth in this overall problem? What's the driving force behind it that both parties, one party or um, all sides are ignoring? So if, if you don't mind, I'd actually like to take this one. Absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, right now, uh, all across Capitol Hill, you're hearing about how oil companies and energy companies are, you know, price gouging, uh, just making prices higher and seeing record profits. And what you are seeing are higher prices right now. And as the summer season comes along, we're very much in a travel season. There is a huge bump in travel, a huge bump in demand. The thing is, is the money that is coming in there, it is being reported as a profit, but what it really is, is money that is able to be reinvested in America's energy infrastructure, but in large part due to politics and regulation, isn't able to yet. Uh, on the federal front, we are still have a de facto ban on uh, new exploration on federal lands. And the money that would otherwise be reinvested into America's energy independence is sitting in these energy companies' coffers, waiting to be turned around and reinvested into the economy, into lowering prices, everything. And, and that's going to have a trickle-down effect on absolutely everything, including food prices, transportation costs, shipping costs. It, it's part of a much larger system. And 
that's what we're seeing right now on this particular front from the energy perspective. And Matt, a couple of things I'll just add when you talk about businesses, you talk about taxes or maybe price gouging. I think there's a really important point that a lot of people miss. And, you know, I mentioned some of the, the threats coming from the administration on raising taxes on business, um, you know, who are really our job creators in this country. But at the end of the day, when you talk about imposing taxes on a business, it's not that businesses pay taxes. At the end of the day, it's always people that pay taxes. And so as these rates uh, get approved or even the threats of those higher rates, that's passed on to all Americans. We all shoulder that tax burden as consumers. Uh, one other thing I think is really important to point out, and not a lot of people are talking about this yet, the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which was the signature tax reform that was signed into law by President Trump in 2017, there are 23 provisions of that major tax reform package that are set to expire at the end of 2025. And we actually had a resolution that our Tax and Fiscal Policy Task Force just passed a couple of weeks ago, urging Congress to extend those expiring provisions. I think what we saw when that was signed into law, employees were earning bonuses, jobs were being created, household incomes were going up. It really was rocket fuel for the U.S. economy before we got sucked into the government mandated lockdowns of the pandemic. But these are going to be really important reforms to extend uh, in the years ahead. And not a lot of folks are talking about that, but we're doing our best here and teaming up with legislators across the country to urge Congress to extend those 2017 tax cuts. Matthew, do you have any last questions before we close things out or I've, have we covered everything? Well, I do think that we touched on the issue of, you know, what states can do and how they can get involved. Ultimately, ask both uh, uh, Lee and uh, Joe their predictions on this. Um, obviously, inflation is not going away anytime soon. But if the right steps are, in fact, taken into place, and of course, playing uh, playing predictor with the economy is as, 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 is more difficult than being a forecaster with the weather. But do you think ultimately, if these steps are adopted, we can't expect to see in a reasonable amount of time inflation to be curtailed and brought back under control? And if not, how long of a storm of high prices should we expect for the American people? Yeah, I won't pretend to uh, to be a future uh, a predictor of the future here, Matt. But again, I'll just go back to what we would love to see is those pro-growth, free market uh, leaders at the state level find ways to provide meaningful relief to American taxpayers. I'm not really optimistic at this point that Washington is going to have solutions for us in the year 2022. Uh, and so I think we have to continue to look to the states. We'll continue to do our part at ALEC to educate on best practices and keep a good attitude, a positive mindset moving forward. Um, on, on the energy front, uh, energy development takes time. And of course, showing uh, good uh, pro-energy policies is a step in the right direction. But again, it's not something that is going to happen overnight. And it's anyone's guess as to when that is going to let up. But, you know, people across the states have the tools they need and knowledge is power in this case to make sure that the right policies are passed. So 
Absolutely. Well, Catherine, uh, Joe, Lee, thank you guys for joining us on Alec TV and across the state today. It's a pleasure to have you all with us uh, from our nation's capital or across the river in Arlington, Virginia. Thanks for joining us today. All right. Thank you. And um, we'll see you next time on another Alec TV episode. Um, don't know what we'll be talking about, but we'll have someone really smart on, smart guests and, and good answers and solutions. So thanks, Matt, for co-hosting with me. Thank you again, Catherine. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council.